whether you look around the world or the climate or the country or people's jobs or homes or lives or their interactions, it becomes clear, many will say, that the world has somehow, in some early stage, undergone shipwreck. There are many doctrines we teach, basic doctrines we teach in the faith, but it's always been pointed out the one that's quite empirical is original sin, the world's trouble, and that makes it obvious that we need a savior. And so the beginning we have of the loveliest book ever written, the Gospel according to St. Luke, its first four verses of the first chapter. And then we switch to the fourth, where Christ does what he would do on the Sabbath and goes into his home synagogue there in Nazareth and asks for the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, the fellow here to my left. You see him holding the scroll. And he begins with that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor and liberty to the oppressed. Liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Isn't it interesting where his first focus goes? That is to say, to the poor, to captives, to the blind, and to the oppressed. And so we see his aim and goal. We often hear our Pope, Pope Francis, talking as other popes have, particularly since Leo XIII, but long before that, of people on the periphery in need, the poor, people who are treated as if serfs, not paid wages commensurate with their work when others profiteer. And we've just, of course, had, we've just, of course, had the march, the Washington march. This year shown there on the front of the New York Times, the first time a really adequate picture, beginning of adequate, was shown in reportage. Biggest protest march in the country in many a year. And how important that is, including everyone, from the beginning of life to its end in natural death. How important to include everyone, because if they're not here embodied, they can't claim what their rights are. They can't claim what their rights are. But it is difficult in a world such as ours where things are so specialized, for all of us to talk to one another well enough that we remember all these different things. I was intrigued the other day, we were here, we were singing Immaculate Mary on a Marian feast day. And Immaculate Mary is often known as the Lord's hymn. It's used as Lord's, and people sing it in all the different languages. So you hear it in French and Czech and German and English and African languages and so on, India. And then suddenly at the end, everyone joins together singing Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. But if you look in your book, it's number 353. If you were to look, I'll tell you what the line is. You don't necessarily have to. But if you care to look at the Lord's hymn, Immaculate Mary, it has its last verse, the fourth verse. We pray for our mother. Now it's a hymn to Our Lady, so you know what that's going to end, that line. We pray for our mother, say Mary, the Blessed Mother, the Madonna, but it isn't. We pray for our mother, the church upon earth. We pray for our mother, the church upon earth. 
And for the church to be the church, it needs everybody. It needs all of us. It needs all our gifts, all our temperaments, all our insights, all our worries, fears, genius, creativity, prudence, all the different virtues that each of us bring on different days, different ways. But sometimes we're so specialized, we're separated out, balkanized, you might truly say, that you wonder how things could work. The story is told, I'm sure it's true, the story is told of a graduate student. Have you ever heard of graduate students? The story is told of a graduate student in Cambridge in a supermarket at the uh, conveyor belt with the cashier. And he has 25 items on the belt. And the cashier asks him, do you go to Harvard or MIT? And the fellow's a bit full of himself and says, uh, what business is that of yours? And so she points up to the sign as above her, as big as life. Limit six items. And she says to him, I was just trying to figure out whether you couldn't read or you couldn't count. Specialization, don't you think? Specialization. But if we're so specialized and divided into different pie wedges, don't we ever take the time to meet? You know, they say the only time you see the university is a graduation. Wouldn't you call that a bit last minute? You're packed, you're moved out of your room, you're going out on a plane or a train or a car, and that's the first time you see the university. Not quite true. People tell me endlessly the grad student dinners and the undergrad gatherings are where they see everyone together from all the different schools in the university. They have parties for the law students, the med students have get-togethers, they're all very busy, understood. But the med students who have no time will come here for dinners in the old days, but we used to have food. We don't have it this coming week because of Omicron. But the dinners would be run by resident physicians at the Brigham or Mass General certain years. They have no time, but they make time for that. Because they consider getting together with lots of different people from lots of different professions and lots of different schools what they don't have and what they most need. And frankly, in the practical order for everyone around the world, the word for that is the church, the parish, or in James Joyce's famous HCE, here comes everybody. The Catholic Church in its best moments, the rich, the poor, people of this view, that view, north and south, all kinds, east and west, all of us of every color and nation, together, together helping each other out, helping each other out. The March for Life is a marvelous reminder of a group, groups all forgotten. I was, that, it was great to see in the New York Times that picture on the front, the globe every Sunday has Sunday's child and it would break your heart. It's about the same thing, adoption. Has a child and you really can't believe it as you read it. Brings tears to your, to your soul. So hopeful, so hoping to be adopted and be brought into a home. And so our world has known shipwreck, and certainly those children have. And how important for our hearts, your good hearts, the loving hearts of the church, to remind people of things left over that haven't been added in, and how important for all of us to be people, not people who could empty a room and start a fight, but to build a parish, to build a church, to build the
the heart of humanity again and again and again. At the end of this year, it's the 400th anniversary of the death of Francis de Sales, the one who said, it's a great spiritual director, that not just monks and nuns behind cloister walls and bars are called to be saints, but everyone is called to be a saint, and he would pay great attention to housewives, to women at home, to people at court, to soldiers, many of whom were assumed impossible of sanctity. He thought they all should be included in, and right he was because we all need them. And at the end of this week, so that's the 28th of December, the 28th of January, Friday this week, is the 450th anniversary of the birth of St. Jane de Chantel, his associate, together they founded the Visitation Order. At that time, the orders of women were uh, almost uh, extremely ascetical and almost Olympic events in terms of how much you could suffer and how much cold you could endure. And St. Jane's and his concern was to build a place for people who had the greatest of health, who couldn't endure those things, but could still be nuns. And so the visitation was founded. But it was named the visitation, like the second mystery of the rosary in our second panel up there with Mary come to help Elizabeth, who was with child. It was named the visitation because its aim was to go and serve the poor and the sick in the towns. They would pray in their chapel, they would pray all day long, but they would also go out and serve. At that point, the church wasn't ready for that. And so within a decade, it was closed down and it was felt that that was not allowed and people couldn't understand that and it wouldn't work. In the next generation, Francis de Sales had appointed a chaplain to the Paris visitation. Do you know what his name was? St. Vincent de Paul. And St. Vincent de Paul founded the Daughters of Charity with their hospitals and their orphanages and all that work that was originally intended. It finally came to pass. It could well be that each of you, each of us, has an impression, an attitude, a gift, an idea, a clue as to what the church could become that has lain dormant ever since, that hadn't yet come to be, but because of you it would begin and exist and flourish ever after. How important that here comes everybody for us to know that we're all needed. As 1 Corinthians 12, we began it last week, though up to verse 11, than the other verses of it we had today. We all think we're the only important part of the body. Actually, we need everyone else. In the chapel of the doctors of the church, we see St. Catherine of Siena. She has that marvelous line she wrote down that God told her. God said to her, I never give all the virtues to any one person. I give a living faith to this one, deep charity to another, and opposite things such as humility to this one, courage to that one, so that you will all need each other. So that you will all need each other. And so that you will each be my ministers to everyone else. So that you will each be my ministers to everyone else. How sad to miss that point and to miss what each of our very lives were for. How delightful taught by the church to learn it and to go forth with full life to all the days that come, together with everyone else. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. 
Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.